series called Follower. And in this series, we're going to be looking at what it looks like to be a follower. Not on Instagram, not on Facebook, not on Snapchat, not on TikTok, whatever it is, but a follower of Jesus. Because the truth is, when we decide that we want to begin to follow Jesus, when we believe that he is who he says he is, and we dedicate our life to begin following him, our lives shouldn't look the same as they did before. No thing should be the same in us whatsoever. And so tonight we're going to be looking at, and over the next few weeks, how our lives should change. And so the verse that we're looking at tonight says in Matthew 16, 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, which disciples is another word for followers, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. Now, this is a verse that is quoted so many times by Jesus, but a lot of the times when you look at it, you don't necessarily know what he's saying. What does it mean when he's saying, give up your own way, take up your own cross? What does this look like? Well, First off, let's break it down by looking at the word cross. When you think of cross, when you see a cross before you, what images in your brain are brought up? What words do you think of? What is the symbolism that lies with this infamous figure that we see everywhere? Maybe you're thinking of mercy, grace, sacrifice. Those are all commonly associated with this. Maybe you're thinking of power, redemption, love. Maybe it gives you a warm and fuzzy feeling on the inside because it knows, you know what it means. That someone, the king of kings, the son of God, died on this cross for you. And so maybe that's what you're picturing. Maybe it makes you want to shout and declare your faith from the rooftops. Or maybe it does something different. Maybe it does the opposite inside of you where you look at that and you feel shameful and you feel incredibly unworthy because you begin to realize that this man who was perfect in every single way got up on that cross and died for you. And you begin to realize that you're really not worthy. You've fallen short, you've messed up. Every single day you make mistakes. Every single day you fall short of the standard that you know has been set. And so you start to begin to realize Man, that cross, it's showing me that I'm really not worthy of the things that Jesus did up there. Maybe it's bringing about guilt. Maybe it's bringing about shame in your life. And honestly, in this room, none of us probably feel like we were worth what Jesus did on that cross because we look at ourselves and we see ourselves. We're labeled as our mistakes. We're labeled as where we've fallen short over and over and over again because that's how the world labels us, but Jesus doesn't see us this way. And hopefully by the end of today, we realize that absolutely we were worth it. And this is absolutely Jesus' plan all along. Now, when we think about the cross, we also need to realize the process that went into it. Jesus didn't just crawl up there and it wasn't like this five-minute death that was no big deal. No, death on a cross was excruciating. The Romans, they didn't play around when it came to torture. And this was the most creative, the most devastating way to hurt someone to kill someone because not only did it last forever, but it was also extremely painful to be nailed up upon this thing and to wait for your death. Also, it was humiliating because every single criminal, this is how they were treated. This would be their death. And so you had to walk 
all the way through town, dragging that cross behind you, showing every single person that you know and don't know that you have been labeled a criminal and done something wrong. But of course, this was not Jesus's. This wasn't right for him. He had done nothing wrong. He was not a criminal in any way, shape, or form, and yet... This was the punishment that the Romans decided that Jesus had to bear. But we need to realize that he did it. And he did it willingly. He was able to pick up this cross, not because he wanted to, not because it was be fun, but because he knew who he was doing it for. And that is for every single person in this room. He left the perfection of heaven, where it is paradise, where he spent day after day after day being worshiped and praised and filled with everything that heaven has. He left that to come down here in this world among this filth. And then, to make matters worse, he wasn't treated well. He wasn't treated like the king of kings. He wasn't treated like the son of God. Instead, he was beaten brutally. He was constantly and incessantly made fun of. He was labeled a liar. He was labeled a false prophet by the very people that he came down here to save. Jesus did nothing to deserve this punishment. And we did nothing to deserve that sacrifice. We're unworthy if we think about it. I mean, we mess up, we fall short, as we've already said. And yet, knowing all of this, knowing every single mistake that we would ever make in our entire lives, Jesus decided that he would take up that cross anyway. There's a verse in the Bible that describes what's happening here in this video. And it describes that when Jesus picks up his cross, he's picking up more than just a chunk of wood. He's picking up more than just the humiliation. It says in Isaiah 53, four through six, yet it was our weaknesses that he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away, and we left God's place to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. So we see this beautiful sacrifice that Jesus made for each and every one of us, and we see that he died in order to bring us life. And we read a beautiful verse like that, but maybe on the inside we're thinking, yeah, the cross is cool, and I love what it stands for, but that verse says that I'm supposed to feel whole, I'm supposed to feel healed, and I don't necessarily feel those things. Instead, I feel absolutely covered in shame, absolutely covered in the sins of my past, and so yes, Jesus did die for me, but I don't feel any different. I don't feel forgiven. Well, maybe tonight you need to hear that you don't feel this way because the work that Jesus did on the cross wasn't enough for you. It's because you haven't extended yourself the same grace that Jesus has extended to you. Because when he looks at you, he doesn't see a broken person. He doesn't see a person that is labeled by their sin and their shame. Instead, he sees someone who has been made whole, who has been made healed, who has been treated death for life. 
And whether we realize it or not, by having these thoughts, thinking, man, I'm just not. I'm not forgiven. I'm not healed. I'm not whole. By having these thoughts, whether we realize it or not, we are undermining the work that Jesus did on that cross. We are jeopardizing everything that he died to give us, freedom and redemption. And we are deliberately allowing the enemy to keep us in the bondage of guilt and shame rather than living a life in grace and mercy. We're beating ourselves up for things he's already forgiven us for. He's already long, long forgotten. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, this means that anyone... Anyone, no matter what your past is, no matter how bad you've messed up, no matter how much you've gotten in trouble, that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. This is what Jesus died to give us. But are you living a new life? Have you forgotten your old one? Have you moved on past it? Are you still stuck in death? Are you still stuck and what it would have been like without Jesus. But we have a new life that we can choose to begin living, where we don't have to worry about guilt or shame any longer. We don't have to feel empty or lost or hopeless. Jesus died to trade our death for life. That is what this cross represents, not how unworthy we are, not how much we've fallen short, not how much we don't deserve this, but a brand new life that has been given, gifted to us. And so I believe that in order to do what that verse said earlier about taking up our cross, in order to do this as our responsibility of followers, first, we have to drop the weight of guilt and shame because we aren't strong enough to carry the weight of guilt and shame and to pick up the cross. We can't hold both. So we have to decide, are we going to get rid of the guilt and shame? Are we going to begin our new life so that we can pick up the cross? We have to decide that we are done with those things so that we can fully accept the weight of what this cross represents. And that doesn't just go for everyone else. It goes for you too, because he died for you. We have to believe that when Jesus was nailed to this piece of wood, it wasn't despite you, but for you. That if what Jesus did on that cross was good enough for the kingdom of heaven, then it's good enough for you too. So as we decide to start this new life, to drop the weight of guilt, shame, hopelessness, emptiness, to receive the things that Jesus died for us fully, forgiveness, and through that, hope, peace, and joy. I want to remind you of a verse in 2 Corinthians 13, 11. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, strive for full restoration, encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you with this new life that we are about to embark on. And so once we do this, once we drop the weight of guilt and shame, we will be able to do what we have been called to do as followers, which is to take up our cross. So we have the cross that God is asking us to carry. And there's two sides to this cross, right? There's, there's the life and then there's death. And life is all about what, what, what Jesus did on the cross for us. We carry those things with us. When we pick up those cross, we pick up the things like grace, 
We pick up forgiveness. We carry with us when we take up that cross. We take up worthiness, son and daughtership, because God is, is the father of, of all creation, and, he, and we are now his adopted children. We have belonging, and we take up those things. And we, we look at the cross, and, and we read this verse, Mark 8. Uh, once again, it says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. And we think, yes, yeah, absolutely, I'll take up that. I love it. I'll take up grace, sure. I'll take up that free ticket to heaven, absolutely. Eternal life, not just life here, not just like the good life here, but eternal life forever, rather than going to hell, which is like the worst place imaginable. You're saying if I just become a follower of him, like I taking up that cross kind of means like, oh, I'll get that, that ticket with me too. I'm taking up that eternal ticket to heaven. Absolutely, I'll do that. I'll carry that life. I'll carry that love. You can give me hope. You're gonna give me peace. Yeah, I'll pick up that, I'll, I'll do it. I'll carry it. And it's so interesting in this verse, we, we look at it and, and she, uh, Pastor Madeline read it in Matthew and I just read it in Mark. And then it's also found in Luke and it's, and it's in found in three of the four gospels that he says this, that Jesus says these very words. And so he's making a point. Anytime you see something that happens all three in three out of the four gospels or multiple gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, it means it means something. It means that he's really trying to get through to us. And it's easy for us to say, I'll carry the life. I, I, I love that part. I like that. But when Jesus first spoke about this verse, we have to remember when he said it, you know, in Mark and, and in Matthew and in, and in Luke, and he said, you know, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. We, we automatically go, oh, the work on the cross. Jesus did all of this. Thank you, Jesus. But when he said it in, you know, the, the Bible times, he hadn't died yet, okay? No one knew anything about the cross. There was no reference to the cross. There was no biblical significance to the cross at this point yet. And so when he said, take up your cross, he was initially talking to people who saw the cross as something very, very different than what we see. When we see the cross, it reminds us of Jesus and it gives us hope and it gives us a reminder of our salvation. But when those people saw or heard about the cross and the image that went through their head was only death. That's it. It was the only thing that they thought of. And so when he said in Mark 8, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way take up your cross and follow me, they immediately went and thought of like what we just saw in that video of a person carrying their cross to be executed. So you got to think it, it literally be kind of like if we were thinking about it in more like modern times, it would be sort of like this. Like if Jesus was talking to his people uh, today, he'd be like, hey, listen, if you want to be my followers, um, Take a seat. If you wanna, if you wanna, if you wanna live a life with me, if you wanna follow me, if you wanna, if you wanna be one of my disciples, if you wanna get to know me, saddle up. See, see what it feels. And all of a sudden we go, okay, okay, okay. This is something entirely different than hope and, and salvation and grace and mercy and, and forgiveness. We like all of those things, but but I, I'm, not, I'm not about to sit and light, light myself up on this thing. But when he said, take up your cross, back then, this, or this was this. The, the mode of execution in biblical times wasn't an electric chair. It was a cross. 
So Jesus says, take up your cross. He's saying, what are you willing to give up? There's going to be a cost to being one of my followers. And for them and for the, the people, his disciples and, and the followers of Christ in the early church, it, it very well meant death. And there are still believers out there in the world today, especially in the Middle East right now, where, or, you know, or, or in different countries where being a believer of Christ, take up your cross literally means because there's a good chance if you say that you're one of my followers, that means death. But that's not the case here. We live in a country of, of, of freedom where we're allowed to be in here. We don't have, we're not worried about somebody blowing through those doors you know, with, with SWAT guns and, and taking us to jail for talking about Jesus Christ. But that's a very real thing in other countries. But nonetheless, what would God be talking about? What is Jesus talking about for us in this? When Jesus picked up his cross, there was death. There was a res- resurrection. But three days before, there was a Good Friday. A Good Friday where he had to carry that cross, where he, was, where he was nailed through his wrists and hands to a cross, and he hung there until he suffocated and died a horrible, horrible death. There was a death. There was a sacrifice made by him. And where we get to carry grace and forgiveness, he carried our sins and our mistakes and the weight of the world on his shoulders. But see, when we choose to be believers of Jesus, we can't just say we're gonna, we, we like the life. We have to understand that being a believer, being a follower of Christ means there also needs to be a death in our life, a sacrifice. What could that be for us? What, what, what maybe needs, we realize that if I, if I truly need to follow Christ, if I truly want to take my relationship with Jesus and what he did for me, and I, need to, and I need to share in not only just his resurrection, but it says I should share in his death and resurrection. So what do I need to give up? Maybe that sacrifice is time, where I need to let some of the things that I'm spending my time on die so that I have more time to be in my relationship with him. Maybe it's the words I use, the, the, the words that are coming out of my mouth, they need to die. The way I use perverse language or, or tell that joke or whatever, that needs to die on a cross because it's not, it's not for me anymore because I'm, I'm, I need to let that die because now I'm a new creation, like Pastor Madeline said in that one verse. Maybe it's but what needs to die is what I'm spending my focus and attention on. Maybe the sacrifice needs to be my reputation. Maybe I'm so nervous about what other people are going to think of me if they find out that I'm here tonight or if they find out that I'm actually taking it serious when I'm here tonight and they realize, man, this person's actually like believing that Jesus stuff and they're, they're like reading the Bible and they're believing what's in the Bible, even though that's totally not what the, the world believes and that's totally not what the masses believe and what Twitter would say is correct, but I'm, I'm reading the Bible and I'm believing. And so now all of a sudden it's costing us where it's killing our reputation, but that's because sometimes being a follower of Christ means there needs to be a sacrifice. Maybe it's a relationship, not just a boyfriend and girlfriend, but a friendship where you're realizing this person has so much effect on me and I know that it's not what God would want for me. And if I'm gonna be a follower of him, I'm gonna have to let that die. Maybe, maybe it's our comfort. Comfort is huge. I like to be comfortable. I don't know about you, but comfort is very comforting. 
And, I, and I'm a person who likes that. And it's, it's so easy for us to go after those things. What's comfortable? What clothes are the most comfortable? These shoes are uncomfortable. I'm not going to wear these shoes. What, 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 what's, what do I spend my time with? What, who do I spend? Am I comfortable in this situation? Am I comfortable at home? Is my bed comfortable? I don't know. We're constantly going, what is comfortable? And I'm going to follow after that. But the truth is, guys, carrying a cross isn't always comfortable. And being a follower of Jesus doesn't necessarily mean we're always going to be comfortable. And sometimes we're going to have to nail our comfort to the cross and sacrifice that. Maybe, maybe it's the unforgiveness we have in our heart, a bitterness, an unforgiveness where we're holding on to it in our hearts and we're going, I, I have this. Somebody wronged me and I refuse to let it go but it's, not, it's affecting you. And it's, a lot, it's, in, and it's keeping you from being the follower of Jesus that he wants you to be. It's keeping you from even carrying the things of grace and mercy and love and peace, but you're holding on to that unforgiveness and you're not willing to nail it on the cross, but God says, let it go. But you go, no, 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 no. I want justice. And says, God says, no, justice is mine. Let it go. There are so many things in our life that we can sacrifice put to the death side of the cross, nail it to the cross so that we can carry. There's an exchange. We let the old self die on the cross so that Christ can live in and through us. Galatians 2.20 says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. But let me be honest, guys. Like, I... I I feel like it's easy to talk about this. And, and when me and Pastor Madeline got this topic and we knew we were gonna be preaching on this, it was very hard for me to, to just go like, yeah, absolutely, take up your cross, do it, all right? That's not that hard, but it is. It is hard. I, we like our life. And in, and in America and in, in the time we live in, our life is very good and it's comfortable. And, and, and there's not a lot that we have to like in a day-to-day -day life where we're just like, we, we're needing God in that moment because it's, it's one of those things where it's like, well, I, I'm, I've got food, I've got shelter, I've got friends, I've got education, I've got some money, I've got these things. And, and, and we don't run into the, the real life situations that maybe some of the, the earlier disciples followed. And so it can be so easy for us we like our comfort. We like our relationships we're in. We like how we spend our time. We like these things. There are things we don't want to let die in our lives. But the verse continues on that we've been talking about. It says in Mark 8, says 35 through 37, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, this is Jesus talking, and for the sake of the good news, which is that Jesus is come, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? It's all about trust. And it's, and it's hard to trust when things are going well. It's hard to trust when I, I don't mind my life right now. I don't mind how things are going right now. So why, why, should I, why should I just sacrifice a bunch of these things that I like in, in hopes that, that God has something better for me? 
The question is, do I trust that my life in God's hands is better than in my own? And that's, and that's like the root of being a follower of Jesus, is do I trust that my life is better off in God's hands than my own hands? Do I trust that my relationships are better off in God's hands than my own? Do I trust that my hurts and my past and those are things that I'm struggling, those, those unforgiveness, those things are better in his hands than my own? Do I trust that my future is better in his hands than in my own? And this is not an easy question. It's not an easy step of faith to trust because we have a cross, right? I have a much easier, smaller cross than that to carry. Uh, but it's our cross, right? And, and, we're, and we say we're supposed to carry this cross. And, and he says to carry it just in case you need to kill a vampire. <laughs> just kidding. That's not what it is about. But nonetheless, we have this cross and he says this carry. And, and why does he say, take up your cross every day? Why? Because it's so easy to put it down. It's so easy. We, we, you know, we come on a 46, 49, and, and maybe we have an experience in worship or, or something in the message, and we go, yes, Lord, absolutely, God, I love you. I'm carrying my cross. We're going to do that. And then the next morning, you go, you go I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to wake up 15 minutes early to make sure I get my quiet time in. I'm going to read my version reading plan. And then all of a sudden, 6.45 hits. And all of a sudden, oh, that snooze button sounding mighty nice right now. And all of a sudden it turns seven and we leave it there. Because why? Because it wasn't comfortable. Why? Because all of a sudden the weight of carrying that cross became real. It's easy tonight for us to say, yes, I'm going to pick up and carry that cross, but it's harder to say it tomorrow morning. And it's harder to say it in front of a bunch of people and your peers at school. And it's harder to say that when you really, really want to really want to tell that joke or you really, really want to get in that fight with your mom because you know you can win. It's really easy to drop your cross. And that's why Jesus says, pick it up. Every day, pick it up. But it's in our sinful nature that is still present, that, that we're continuing picking up every day, nailing it to the cross, nailing it to the cross. But it's in our old self to be the boss, to want to make the decisions, to want to chase after comfort. Do you know how many times I've decided to like put, like I've had, I've, I felt like I was close to God, but then like something came up and it was just like, and then I moved on with my life. Do you know, like being honest with you guys, okay? I'm being real, I'm being real. Uh, like today, probably like three and a half times, okay? I don't know what the half looked like necessarily, but three, like a lot in my lifetime, countless times where I have said, no, I'm going to choose my own comforts. No, I'm going to choose to be in that, you know, to do this and not that. You know, I'm going to choose to sleep in or I'm going to choose to do something that I want to do instead of God. You know, so many times. But God is so good. And remember, Jesus' cross, the cross that Jesus carried, bought my forgiveness and bought the mercy and bought the grace that we're going to need every time we drop our cross. Every time we do that, Jesus carried a cross to make up for those moments. And when we pick up our crosses and we go, all right, let's try this again. And we begin to carry our cross again 
Why? Because we choose to follow Jesus. We choose to follow the way he chose to live our lives. So what I want us to do is I want us to just take a little moment and actually on Ottomans, kind of by the couches, on the barista tables, there's pens and notepad papers, uh, pieces of note card. So I would like everyone real quick, as quietly as you can, just pass those out. Make sure you get a pen. Make sure you get a note card. And then sit back down where you're at. And the question that I want us to spend the next few minutes answering is this. What do you need to carry? And what do you need to crucify? And so let's start with the crucified because Jesus, he, he died on that cross for us. What do we need to let die on the cross? What do we need to sacrifice? Yes, we, yes, we love the idea of the hope and the, and the joy and the salvation and the love and the peace that, 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 the, that the cross brings, but what in our life needs to die in order for that us to become the followers God wants us to be? If I was to be honest, I think I would say that media is one thing that I need to nail on that cross. It takes up a lot of my time, a lot of my like, my rest time goes straight to just like, I need to watch, turn on the TV and or, you know, or watch something on TikTok. I just, I need to get, get a, a release. I need my brain to shut down. And, and I have all the excuses in the world why I need those things. But if I were to be honest, that's, that's something I would need. That's keeping me from being a follower of Christ. Well, like I listed earlier, maybe for you, it's a relationship. Maybe it's your comfort. I feel like there's someone in this room who has two versions of themselves. They need to lay down one of those versions. One is the church version, the one that's here tonight that loves Jesus, will worship, will pray, but then the second they go to school, they drop that cross and they become the second part of who they are. The one they're comfortable with being in front of their friends, the one that dresses differently, talks differently has a different group of friends all together. I feel like God is calling you tonight. So you don't need two versions of yourself. You don't need a fake version. You don't need to hide who you truly are. And so I feel like he's calling you, if that's you, to lay down that second version of yourself. We mentioned it earlier, but I really think that there's people in this room that You've really experienced hurt. Someone 
has done something that really hurt you deeply. And you feel like unless you see justice, unless that person says they're sorry or, or, or gets what's coming to them, then you can't let that go. But remember, Jesus carried every single one of our mistakes on a cross, knowing full well every single sin that we were going to make through our lives. And he still chose to carry those, to forgive you of those sins. So maybe what you need to nail on that cross is the desire to revenge, justice, that bitterness. And you need to choose to forgive that person and put it back in God's hands. Say, God, I forgive them. That can be really hard, but it's so necessary. Our founding pastor says, holding on to unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to get sick from it. Let it go. So you got this card in your hand. And in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to do something that we don't normally do here all, all the time and on a 4640 night, but I feel like it's really, really important. And before we, we, what I'm gonna ask you guys to do in just a moment is I want you to get up and I want you to bring it at the foot of this, this cross over here and I just want you to set it down. And we're not gonna, we're not gonna read them and you know, we're not, we're not gonna like figure out who's is who's or anything like that. But I want you to just picture like this, I'm laying it down at the cross because it's something that, that needs to die in my life and I'm not taking it out of here with me. So God, as we're holding what we know needs to die in our hands, what we need to crucify in our hands, God, so that we don't walk, so we can be a follower of you. Father, I pray, Lord, that this sim the symbol of, of writing it down, God, and then bringing it forward would give us freedom from those things. Lord, that it would be something that, that comes to mind, that we would remember those things, God, and it would be something that we, as we go throughout our day, tomorrow, the next day, the next day, we would go, no, no, no. It, and, and it might try and rear its ugly head back and go, no, no, you haven't changed, but you can go, no, no, no. I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm a new creation in Christ, and this is not me. The old life is gone. I left it at the foot of the cross and the new life has begun. So I pray, Lord, that these things would truly be dead so that we can be followers of you. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys would get up and if, if you're ready, get up, come forward and just simply lay it on the cross. Whatever you need to do. And then when you've set your your car down on the cross. Just go ahead and take one more seat. We just want to do one more thing before we go for the night.
So as you're making your way back to your seats, there's still some more note cards. So go ahead and pick up one more note card. And if you don't have any near you, you can go ahead and slip up your hand and we'll bring you some. I feel like the Lord wants us to stay in this moment for just a little bit longer. So as you're making your way back to your seats, grab that pen again, grab another note card, slip up your hand if you need another one. Someone will pass one right up here. That would be great. There's a couple in the back that need some note cards. A few more, a few more. Give you a second more. So now we feel like that we've crucified something at the cross. The Lord doesn't want to just leave it there. He now wants us to take up our cross, but he wants us to pick up some things from the cross as well because when Jesus died on the cross, yes, he asked us to start a new life. He asked us to be different from before, but he also promised healing and wholeness. The Bible says that by his stripes, by the wounds in his flesh, we are healed. And this can mean healing of our sins. This can mean physical healing, but I feel like there's a lot of us in this room that if we were honest, we would say we need healing in our hearts. We've been broken. We've been hurt by the people around us that we thought that we could trust. We felt judged. We felt ridiculed. I feel like tonight he wants to continue to release the power of his cross in our life and allow us to pick up some things, some victories that he left with his legacy of the cross. And so, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes and just for a moment in this room, take a second just to ask Jesus what it is you need to pick up, what it is he's been wanting to give you, wanting to heal you from, wanting to give you freedom from. So in the privacy of your own heart, just listen right now as he stirs inside of you whatever it is you're lacking, whatever it is he wants to give you. Maybe it's peace. Maybe your head has been filled with anxiety for so, so long, a fear, a stress, that you're like a walking ball of anxiety. You haven't felt normal in a long, long time. Maybe he wants to give you peace. Maybe your heart's been broken. My boyfriend or girlfriend or best friend feel rejected, cast aside. Maybe he wants to bring you healing and he wants to bring new life and a new relationship. Maybe your parents have hurt you, made you feel like you're not good enough. You don't compare to a sister or a brother grades aren't good enough, you don't work hard enough. Maybe he wants to bring you acceptance when you feel like you haven't gotten it in so long. Not from your father, but from the father. And so tonight, God, we know you're not the type of God that's going to leave us empty-handed. 
And as we honor you tonight by crucifying certain parts of ourselves and leaving certain parts at the cross, we know you're not gonna let us leave without giving us healing, without giving us that extra bit of something that we need from you, God. When you died on that cross, you forgave our sins. We brought healing into our hearts. And so whatever it is that's written on this card tonight, whatever it is we're needing, just pray that you'll lead these students' hand in writing down what exactly it is that we need to take up tonight from you. Whatever it is on their cards that they've written down that they need from you tonight, God, that they can walk away with that. That they can know that their power, your power, is enough for them. It's sufficient for them. You're always enough. We thank you, God, for your cross and everything that it represents. We thank you for that sacrifice. And we ask that when we leave this room tonight, we will leave different. We'll leave followers of you and we will be reminded every single day that despite our comfort, despite what's going on in our world, that we will pick up that cross and we won't let it go for nothing. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for dying for us. It's in your precious name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.